Here we are, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Today we've got an awesome episode for you today. One might say this could be a favorite episode because we have the host of Picking Favorites with, or Finding Favorites, sorry, Picking Favorites is on the show, Finding Favorites with Leah Jones with us. And that's Leah Jones, of course. Very excited to talk to Leah. But before we get to Leah, one important reminder, as I've been reminded by the podcasting intelligentsia, if you love this podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you can. Give it some stars. Maybe write some nice things about it as it helps us raise awareness about the pod. And then one more thing before we get to Leah, and that is my sister Becky is here. Lily is off for today. But Becky, how are you doing? I am so good today. I actually have an answer. I know I rarely have an answer, but I went surfing twice this week for the first time in like truly nearly two years because I've been busy being pregnant and having a second baby. So I didn't, I haven't surfed in a couple of years now. And I, I got in the water twice this week, huge, um, preemptive shout out. I know we do shout outs at the end to our friend, Joey from, uh, living in a van episode, or, um, is he living in a van right now during actually COVID? no he 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 hasn't he got an apartment during covid um okay. so he it seems like a van would have been safer he, that guy really just flies in life. the face of intuition <laughs> no no but van life is it well you think about it, a lot of van life actually requires you to use public services like coffee shops and things like that so um so no, he's renting an apartment, but I did use one of his boards that he stores at our house so um so thanks Joey for lending me. Uh, one of your surfboards, I and mean, it's it's been a great week. So I'm glad. I'm and thank you, Joey, for well. giving us that van life street cred because now it seems <laughs> like everyone's growing in a van. Okay, yeah. let us introduce our guest for today, and it's it's you know I feel extra lucky that we have her since Lily is not here because Leah is herself a pro podcaster. Leah Jones, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I feel mm-hmm. like pro is a little overselling. Like I've I've been podcasting for a couple months, but I took some good advice from a total rando, and I got a very nice microphone set up. So I'm I'm moving along in my yeah. podcast journey. But I do want to say, I would classify you as a pro because I actually think you have a wonderful sounding radio voice. Well, like you, you, like your radio voice reminds me of someone from This American Life. Like I could listen to you tell stories all day. So in my book, you're a pro. And I'm, I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's an endorsement. This American Life Voice. And I'll also say that we bonded. So Leah and I are both part of the ROI community. I've talked about them before, and we've had some guests that are from the ROI community, from the Schusterman Family Foundation. And we were at a retreat together, and we were sitting next to each other. And I don't exactly know how it came up, but we immediately bond over, bonded over our love of podcasts and very specifically... How did this get made? Which on Friday Night Movie, that is our, that's the goat. That's the greatest Uh, of all time. It is so good. It is. That's the, that's the dream. That's the aspiration, inspiration. And I, you know, fancy myself, you know, one of the early adopters of the show and sort of knowing a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And here I am chatting with Leah and dropping some knowledge. And Leah just like blew by me and lapped me with her expert knowledge of how did this get made? And then even more precisely, Jason Manzukis, who will be our topic today. Don't you guys find, hold on quickly, don't you find that like when you're talking about podcasts or comedy or stuff like that with people and they don't 
like they're not into how did this get made and they're like oh yeah no that show's not for me like I judge them a bit I'm like what like I I don't know like I feel like I have some sort of disconnect and that's pretty much me with all people because I think other than you two I don't know anyone else that loves the podcast (laughs) as much as me it is one of the only reasons I stay on Facebook is a how did this get made fan group that I'm in all right. Of amazing yeah. people who oh, I there have. There is one. Cool. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. I, I'll, it's a, it is a spinoff of a, a bitch sesh fan group. And, and so it's like a very feminist, um, no bullshit, very fun group. And so in the last time they were in town for a Chica- live shows in Chicago, we all met for dinner. Oh my God, so that's like, amazing. We had dinner together. We bought tickets near each other. That's so so I, much fun. It was so fun. See, I would totally so be fun. a part of a group like that. See, like people you but, automatically feel connected to. Yeah. But to the point about pro podcasting, I feel like that is the spirit of podcasting at its deepest level because the whole point of podcasting is this intimate kind of punk rock experience. It doesn't need massive production. You don't need to be hugely famous to do it. I don't think, I mean, Paul Shear, Jason Manzouk, and June Diane Raphael are, I think, quite famous now. But when, when we started listening to that show, they were just sort of like these obscure comedy folks that like people who are really into comedy like, but now they're, you know, much, much bigger names. Um, and the bond that you have with people who like it is just so unique and real. Like mm-hmm. we just, we just had our fr- um, guests uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Stevie Jackson and Chris Royce, who host the, the buddies without, did I say it right? The buddies without, buddies borders, without borders. I said borders without buddies when we had them on the show, but we bonded over our mutual love of Jana Varney's podcast. And there's like an intimacy that you get with fellow podcast fans that yeah. I think is just fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. It is really, um, it make, it makes you feel like you've all been, you've all been to the same party and all of you were the person just kind of sitting off to the side, eavesdropping on, a group that was having a really intense conversation, <laughs> but like all of the fans, all 2000 of us in the, into, in the fan group I'm in, wow. we were all like the one person at the party. So it's a really interesting. And then you awesome. have to have other people to talk about what you just heard. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. I think the thing with podcasts is you feel like you are friends with the yeah. hosts for, 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 especially a, how did this get made type, the chat style. That's the one, the most successful ones are where I feel like if I walk up to them and I start chatting with them, I'm like, I'm already, I've already been, you know, in conversation with them, even though they don't know me at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And that brings me to your podcast, finding favorites, which I think does that so beautifully because the, the tagline is finding, you know, finding your favorites or, or something without the algorithm. And yeah. it's really about people's own idiosyncratic like love for things. And you learn so much about people when they talk about something they love. Mm-hmm. It is. It has been so fun to do. Um, I have some episodes coming up. I've got one uh, that will have already been released uh, with a local journalist named Robert Lowerzell about 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, oh, Wow. Which he saw for the first time when he was seven years old. 
I cannot wait to hear that because that is a movie that when I think about it, it just bends my mind. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm, very I'm, excited. I'm willing and able to talk about that movie all the time because I still don't understand it. Um, that's a household favorite here for okay. us. For us, it's a, a sincere favorite of my husband's. We watch it often enough. I have like a spiritual connection, I would say, to that to that movie. So, yeah. Great. Well, it will be uh, out tomorrow in yeah. real life. I, yeah. So, what I made you wait. what what made you come up with the show? I came up with the show uh, when. So this is a, this comes, this is like the friendship we have with podcasters. When Mark Maron's girlfriend, Lynn Shelton died suddenly. Oh yeah. I felt like more deeply impacted by her. I felt truly like a friend's partner had died and I sent him a letter and sent my regards. Um, and then I wrote a long blog post about like my friend, Mark Maron, my friend, Nicole Byer, um, Oh, Nicole My, Byer. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I love her. Oh, she and, has been like one of our like North Stars during quarantine for yeah. our family because of Nailed It. She's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And and then I wrote, I drew a map and I started with podcasting for me. I came late to the listening game. So for me, podcast starts with West Wing Weekly. Josh Molina, Rishi K. I haven't, I haven't, I know, I know about that. that Josh Molina I haven't listened awesome. to it, but I, that's a great, yeah, that's a very cool one. So that, I was like, well, I love West Wing. I'll listen to this. Uh, and then I was like, oh, well, that's just one hour a week and then it's gone. But I have other commutes to fill. And so then um, Gilmore Guys or Gilmore Girls reboot had been announced. So I was like, I guess I got to get back into Gilmore Girls. And so I started listening to the podcast Gilmore Guys, which is where I found Jason Manzukis, which is where I found How Did This Get Made? And then essentially, like, anything Jason has ever guested on is how I found every other podcast I listen to. <laughs> awesome. So I drew this map out about, like, how did I become a podcast fan? Another friend saw it, and he drew the family tree of, his co- of who he likes in comedy Starting with Best Week Ever, Paul Shear, Paul F. Tompkins, and then going from there about all the comedy he likes. And when I saw that he was also able to do a mind map about his relationship with comedy, I said, okay, people have stories to tell about how they found their favorites and the journey it took them on. And it turns out people love spending an hour talking about their favorite thing. It, it, it does, and it shows, yep. because what I find I love, I listened, I, I was catching up on your latest one uh, with Amy talking about, Amy, last name out of my, forget I'm forgetting right now, but she's just talking about her family's love of Disney, and I, I, and, I and in your intro, you talked about, you were going to talk about Disney parks and all these things, and I recently just went to Disney with my wife, and I'm not sure how much I wanted to listen to, uh, listen about Disney parks, because I just, like, went through it, <laughs> it's like PTSD, but when Amy starts talking about the bonding of her family, that bonding moment of when she and her family got together and watched Frozen and how this was like a foundational moment for them, I was like, I was instantly transported to her whole story and I loved hearing it. So 
This is a lot of this is a very much needed podcast, and I love that it bucks the trend of the algorithm because the algorithm, while it's really nice on Netflix to have it recommended, I feel like algorithms also become just reinforcing of your biases and knowing good people who are smart, who you respect is going to actually challenge you to go outside your biases. Yeah. And and I will say with full transparency, my goal is for Jason Manzoukas to be a guest on my podcast. It's all of our goal, right? It's a shared vision. I actually say, I, I would say sort of, I mean, that's my goal for you. I'll, I'll tell you about our, our situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, well, we'll talk about it when it comes to meeting him. I'm almost like afraid to meet him, but yeah. but my like so like my hope is you get Jason as a go- guest. Thank you. Before I would ever get it, we had our I had my own version of that in another scenario. So, um, but I I before I even launched the podcast, I wrote his people and asked. I invited him on before I had epi- published a single episode, and they very politely said no. But they said they were so nice about it and so fast. Within four hours, I had a no, which I think is, like, really good for a publicity team. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That is very nice. Because it it means that even though they're saying no, they're paying attention. Yeah. And they care. And they realize that, like, fans really care about him. And there's a connection there. And they're not going to just ignore you for six weeks or six months or whatever. And it means he cares. Because those are probably his expectations. Um, Yeah. We had our, I mean, my podcast dream was to have Janet Varney on the show and three year, two plus years of the podcast, she agreed to be on the show and it was like amazing. She's. The, but I know. will say the way that, that we worked towards it was by, um, by, by building a connection directly with her over social media and, and like, and being really active in everything that she does, um, which was, which, you know, you get the credit for shy because I barely can can read my tweets let alone actually like send one out properly i wasn't but, but let's be clear i wasn't doing it to get her on the show i was doing no it you were genuinely like no but i'm saying that's what i'm saying is that like you, it's it, i think when thing i think when when you build relationships from a sincere place or for example like you leah you, you start a podcast from a sincere place you know if you build it they will come and you know you just you as shy says you lead with your heart yeah you and know? if you and, and the good things will will come back. And if you listen to Roxanne Gay's interview on Why Won't You Date Me uh, with Nicole Byer, she met her wife because her wife started a podcast in order to meet Roxanne. And she had a podcast for years and she got guests and did episodes that she thought Roxanne Gay would love and kept asking her to be on the podcast like every few years she would ask Roxanne to be on the podcast and her public her publicist kept saying no. And then eventually they get to meet uh, or they have mutual friends and her wife, her now wife, spoiler alert, says, well, I, I programmed my podcast for you. And then Roxanne went and looked and saw like it had been like all been a love letter to oh, Roxanne Gay. Very romantic. Very romantic. That's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, and I love that, and I love the story that you owned it from straight up and just went to, went to Jason. Like, I, I feel like podcasters sometimes are like, oh, my show's a small thing. I mean, I get that way too. But like, we all put a lot of work into these and, and we're proud of our work and, 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 and like, I, it, it's a democratic field. Like, meaning it is, it yes. is as even a field as there is. Like, I don't think that. Michelle Obama's podcast, I'm excited for her, it's awesome, is any more 
special other than her, you know, her bringing her authenticity, obviously, but like than what anybody else is doing. And that's why I love this medium so much. You have a microphone, you got a recording device, you got a show. Um, and speaking of the show, let's get into the show and talk about Jason Manzoukas for real now. We sort of danced around it a little bit. But okay, so we, you talked a little bit about the origin, but where did you discover Jason Manzoukas, Leah? I discovered Jason Manzoukas on Gilmore Guys podcast. And uh, so the Gilmore Girls reboot had been announced, so I was trying to catch up. And I heard him on an episode, and I went back to try and f- try and pinpoint what episode it was, and I can't figure it out. Um, but he said something really thoughtful, uh, thoughtful and caring about rape culture and how it was portrayed on Gilmore Girls. And I was like, man, who's this like really insightful kind of like with it guy? Uh, Jason Manzoukas. Hmm. And so then I found like his Mark Maron interview. I found, um, I found the, uh, his, I wrote it down cause I was never, his Kevin Pollack interview. Oh, which Kevin Pollack really- Chacho interview. I've heard that interview. That interview is amazing. And, uh, his Pete Holmes interview. And so I used to go to open mics with Pete back in the day. Um, so I looked listen to those long form interviews. And I was telling my friends, I was like, this guy, I was like, I just have this weird crush on this guy based on these long interviews. And people were like, you have a crush on Rafi from the league. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's really funny. And then That's I really funny then, to work that way to it, to not know that he's Rafi first. Right. So, so it makes a huge difference because I, I knew he was like, I would say, like, I knew he was a thoughtful feminist who had gone to therapy for years before I got to Rafi. Because if I had started with Rafi, I probably would have written him off, not ever experienced how did this get made. And so I'm really grateful for the order that I found him. And then I got into how did this get made, and I am just a super fan. And I've been to, like, I've flown to L.A. to go to a live show. I've been to... So much fun. so fun. What a great reason um, to travel. Can we just say that? What a great reason to uh, travel to go see your favorite band or recording of a podcast or, you know, something like, like, it's just, just a fun, great reason. It was yeah. so fun. It was at the Largo, which is such a special venue. Yeah. Be- Becky and chairs. I went together. Becky and I had an LA trip together and we went to a Largo show. We just picked like out of a hat. Tig Notaro was doing a show. And so we just went. Cool. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. That's very cool. That's the really the reverse. I I, I found him as Rafi first, and mm-hmm. I like really didn't like Rafi at first. I was like, I loved the first season of the league. I thought it was like perfect. And then I'm looking at this thing, being like, why do they introduce his character? And he's kind of there all the time. And then lo and you know, and then after a certain amount of time, he became of course one of my favorite parts of the show. And then that's when I started looking more into him. And the Kevin Pollak Chacho is when I learned about him as this sensitive person. What about you, Beck? So same, same, same origin, the league, exact same feelings about him to the point where then all, all of a sudden you're like, why am I obsessed with his character? And it's not funny unless he's in a scene. Like you kind of go through this really strange arc <laughs> with that show uh-huh. with him. But it was um, the first episode of How Did This Get Made that I ever listened to, which was um, um, uh, Bloodsport. That was the first episode. Oh, the Bloodsport. Buns. The Buns. The Maroonies and the buns. And it was from that moment on. And I can, I know exactly where I was when I listened to it. Um, that moment on, I just immediately became addicted to the show. 
and my obsession with like him grew because he is so funny. And then as you really get into the show and you listen to it, there are certain like deep and insightful conversations that actually do happen around these films and topics. And, and you get these little hits of like, wait a minute, who is this guy? And, and then, yeah. And then as I, I learned more about him on other podcasts and shows, um, realizing he's a very multi-layered, uh, comedian person so yeah yeah and i will say uh that on dating apps if i mention you know like my hollywood crush is jason manzoukas if a guy replies to me and says something about how rafi is his favorite manzoukas character it's a little it's a red flag okay it's it's like oh if that's why you love him we will not get along so I, I think that's part of what makes him great. If he was yeah. really lo- like Rafi is is the epitome of the worst person. He yeah. is the worst habits. He's the worst treatment of people, treatment of women. Right? Like he's like he's not even like an id. He's like he's just a total degenerate, and like everything about him is terrible. What part of what makes that even funnier is when you realize how sensitive and like kind a person Jason Manzuka is. Right, like how woke he is to the joke. Like he he right. gets why everything that Rafi does is extremely horrible. Um, yes, that does definitely. It has it's part of it when you can look at it from this um, meta perspective. Right, like people who 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 see Rafi. And and I mean we've all repeated Rafi jokes, but like who think that that's the way they should act have missed the point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ra- yeah. Rafi is a villain, even when they go into his backstory. I mean, he's yeah. still the worst. There is uh, not a single character on the league whose behavior you should emulate. Correct. That, that, Correct. That's true. Although, although, yeah, I get. Yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes I sympathize with Andre, but the part of why I sympathize with Andre is that Paul Shear, Manzukas's partner on How Did This Get yep. Made has proven to me over time to be one of the also best people with fans and yes for and, sure and and the work he puts into that show because he does a lot of the heavy lifting just the show. fact that when he went on nailed it he went as a contestant uh it was so Everything good know about paul Shear. he brings it if he's gonna he's if he's gonna come and do something he's gonna come fully committed and i just i thought that was super cool when I went to the, the last Chicago show I went to, um, I took them thank you notes uh, <laughs> because Nicole Byers said once that uh, when people are like really emotional with her in a meet and greet that she can't respond and she would rather get like a note that she can read later. And so I wrote them all thank you notes and my thank you note to Paul was recognizing that if without Paul Shear, there is no how did this get made? He He does so much to from the many episodes and and running the show like emceeing the show like mm-hmm. it doesn't exist without his work and so i wanted to recognize that that he's like really the the backbone that keeps it going and allows us to keep zooks in our lives mm-hmm. yeah because otherwise i feel like manzukas would let's i mean i want to talk about what he's really like he seems a little bit like a hermit i mean no social media doesn't well, want people touching him, which you recognized with your T-shirt. You showed us yes. a picture of you. Becky, have you seen the picture that no. Leah sent? Click on the link in the notes and you'll see. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I actually did click and then I – it's so funny. Yeah, I have to – my web browser. I, I didn't actually – I opened it up and then I didn't turn <laughs> – 
and he doesn't like to be touched. Is he that seems, you? Oh my me. god! On stage, I'm guarding him at the at the uh, recording of the Pinocchio episode. Oh, um, oh, you were, oh, I just listened to that one. So I, during the second opinions, I got on stage to guard Jason from being touched by second opinion singers. That's really funny. Did they try to touch him or that's just... They try to touch him all the time. People like go up and they try to shake his hand or give him a high five or give him a gift. And he was, and he's so anxious about it. So I had this special shirt made and I tweeted at Paul Shear and I said, if you need a guard during second opinions, I'm sitting down front. And so before second opinions, Paul Shear in front of a sold out Chicago theater is Leah here. Oh, oh see, that's is what see, that's, that's why he's so great. So and, great. And to his credit, I mean, he responds on Twitter better than pretty much any famous person I know. Like mm-hmm. I have I have written many times and he'll just respond with a gif or or a comment or a thank you or something like that. But especially on the about the Hanukkah episode, uh, the Hanukkah episode of Nailed It, I've written multiple times because my kids can't stop watching that episode. And he writes back every time I say, oh, my kids are watching it again. Aww. And that's that's kind of, that's great. So you were on. OK, so okay. let's talk about what Jason's really like. We talked about. Hold on. The wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We talked about the fact that he's not on social media. And here in how he's kind of a hermit, right? He doesn't want to be touched and all that kind of stuff. But he's on, like, all of these podcasts, right? He's popping up all over the place, like, everywhere. But you don't know it unless you're tracking it. And he's not on social media promoting it. So it's like this trail of breadcrumbs. So I feel like his appearances on all these podcasts and shows and the nails it's and this and that that's his social media it's its own like frequency like manzuka's verse right yes, like it's exactly. like it's, it's it's its own um uh what was it the 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 taco had the not social network the yes. board or whatever it was <laughs> it's like that it is exactly like that and you got to be on like the zook's frequency to get to to like follow him on social media basically so so what's so what's theory. so what's with the no touching and all that like so so we we've talked about him as a I think sensitive he's germ- person he's like a germaphobe right or is it because like of his real, allergies he's or is it really of his severe allergies? allergies yeah i think it's the uh See, now I'm going to act like he's my friend, and he's not. Right? But, but he, right. We, we learned well, we, this term We last actually week. talked about this a couple of or weeks ago. A few weeks so ago, we, we learned this we, term. Like, the parasocial the, relationship? or No, our, fanship. Our, our, fanship. Our, our friends Stevie and Chris introduced the concept of fanship, where but before you know this person that you are into, you are, you are a fan of them, but in a way where you feel like you're friends, but not in a creepy way, like in a genuine way. Yeah. So he has said in a podcast interview that... His therapist has told him that his hypervigilance around food, which he has to have because eggs will kill him, that he's applied that appropriate hypervigilance to other areas of his life where it's not appropriate, like the touching or handshaking or being around people. And then except for now in this pandemic, his greatest fear is now appropriate, right? So now like everything (laughs) he's ever been afraid of is an actual problem. <laughs> it's like, really? it's like, it's like the people who walk I, around with the foil gotta, on their heads. Who are I got to say like for someone who, who doesn't like to be like touched or in close contact with others, working on sets 
it, like being an actor on on a stage or on a location is like the worst thing you could do. <laughs> but right. completely counterintuitive to that thing because you were surrounded by like a hundred people all the time and constantly being touched. So, do we, do we know of him having romantic relationships? I don't know anything about his like with rom- Tammy Taylor from. Friday Night Lights, Coach what? Taylor's wife. What? He and Connie Britton? No. They've been no. broken up for like 10 years. What? But yes, he and Connie Britton were a thing. <gasps> no way. So then My when you like imagine. Exploding. There's no way. Yes. That's amazing. So like like in her Spin City days? It might have been in her Friday in Night be- Lights days. Oh, wow. That's what? amazing. That's amazing. That's that crazy. is that is the only public relationship he's ever had, and and he was her he was her like comedy writer boyfriend. He wasn't on anything at the time. That's when he wow. had like given up on his acting career and was just writing. And so wow. there's a couple red carpet photos of them together. Like not even a beard. His beard, I think, is his Connie Britton breakup beard. What? <laughs> I mean, I'd grow a beard if. I broke up with Connie Britton. Right. She would, I would not be a man. I would not be like the same person if, if I had dated her and we broke up. Yeah. My wife actually met her once uh, and grabbed a photo with her. She helped her get into some, there was some event where Connie Britton was speaking in DC and, and Allie ran into her outside. Allie loves her. And, and, and Allie ran into her outside and helped her get into the building and was like, uh, can we take a picture first though? <laughs> so she helped her. All right. So, so, we talked about it, so he's a writer, he's an actor. What that he hasn't done yet would you like to see him do? Oh, I I want to see him as a lead in a rom com. So does so does Lily. Lily, Our Lily sister, really wants that too. Because um, he is not like your typical rom com sort of like leading. Like Paul Rudd is an obvious rom com guy, and he should continue to do rom coms till the end of time. And then you 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 have your sort of more like nebbishy characters, like uh, uh, who's who's a good example of like your Jason Biggs in in although I haven't seen him in something in a while, but like your Jason Biggs David Schwimmer type of nebbishy character. But Jason Manzukas is a totally other different, or even like a Seth Rogen, like Seth Rogen, oh, yeah, Seth Rogen, uh, right? In, uh, in what's it the Charlie Theron movie? Was the it political called? one? Yeah. yeah, Long Shot. Long Shot. Long Shot. Yeah. That's so, what kind of what kind of rom com would it be? Would it be like your typical, your you know, your long shot or your? Um, uh, I think I love a, a you, man. Screwball kind of comedy. Show? It would be a oh. screwball comedy, um, kind of a. You know, like there's all the funny. There have been so many funny spy movies in the last few years, like putting women in the driver's seat of spy spy comedies. Oh, spy, like the one with. Um, oh. She's amazing. With is it Kate McKinnon? Melissa McCarthy. And... No, there's one with Melissa McCarthy oh, yeah. just called Spy that like I That's laughed really so hard movie. my sides hurt during that yeah. movie. But then yeah. there's the Kate McKinnon, yeah, the the the, the, the Spy the who dumped, spy dumped, me. dumped me. Yeah, please. We know so I think you take like that kind of energy of a of a spy comedy action comedy, but like with a rom com twist. So kind of like I'm thinking like Lovebirds a little bit, like Lovebirds with. Um, Kumail Nanjiani and yes. Issa Rae. Oh, that, that was would, so good. That would work really well. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. That's good. Beck, what about you? What would I want to see him in? Yeah. Oh, um, 
I I do agree that I, I think so I just watched the long the long dumb road and I feel like that is a stepping stone to um leading in a in a in a rom com kind of whether it's a spy movie or a or a lovebirds kind of thing for sure because in that movie he's not he's still playing a version of the really like like the sorry the degenerate Manzuka's character but he's not you know, gross Raffi, he's just more unpredictable, wild card, kind of an a-hole guy, you know, maybe with a heart of gold, probably not. Like he seems pretty messed up. Um, and I feel like, and, but that's, you know, he's, you know, he's the one of two leading characters in this film. And it's kind of like the most screen time I think I've ever seen him in a single movie. Um, so that sort of feels like a stepping stone to hopefully, um, uh, more like uh, the rom-com role. What was I going to say? What's the one? Oh, I can't think of what it's called for the life of me, but it's, it, it, he does play uh, like a romantic interest Is in it. Is it one but, of those like friends with babies type of movies? No, it's the one where it's all the different stories that you're following. Modern love? No, not modern love. It's a movie. This is the one that he's in with his girlfriend at the time, Connie Britton. They're no. doing IVF. Okay, no, not that one. But yes, I haven't seen that movie, but I know that one. No, um, it doesn't Allison is it Allison Bree that Allison plays? Bree. Is, is it a, sleeping plays with other people? It, it, to is me, it the it, one where he's with Andrea Savage as they're like a no, romantic he, couple? He, no, he and, plays a, a school teacher. Oh, or like a librarian or something. I, I feel like you're it. just describing any one of these movies with the intersecting storylines, like friends with college, friends with kids, friends trying to have it's babies. It's one of those that's like, yeah, hold on. I'm going to just keep talking. I, okay. I'm just, All right. So, so then that, while we're coming up with that movie, my, my biggest question that I wanted to ask today, which is what activity do you most want to do with him? Because he, he just seems like he'd be, there's so many fun things that I'd, I'd want to do with him. Uh, like I'd love to like having listened to his REM episode of uh, Are You Talking REM to Me with Adam Scott, which I both like love, but that reaches a point of like just like straight up jealousy that I'm not in that conversation because I'm a huge mm-hmm. REM fan. I want to sit and listen to music with him. Like I want to sit and like just like play each other songs for hours and just like make a mix together. That is my number one activity I want to do with Jason Mitsukas. How about you all? Look back. Okay. Um, I, well, I mentioned earlier, either I'd want him to be my doula birthing coach while I'm having contractions and pushing a baby out, having him like. Hopefully he me. hears this one I day. Do you feel, <laughs> and, he, and he agrees. <laughs> I guess I'd have to have a third kid. If, if no Jason Mazzucas agrees to be your doula, I will you are having a third kid. I will have a third kid with my husband, but he can be my doula. Um, but, um... That would make a great rom-com. Jason Mazzucas <laughs> as a doula. Falls in love with his patient. But if that couldn't happen, I think something, it's not as simple. It would be actually pretty epic to go see whatever the, uh, like the newest Fast and Furious movie with him and then just like go see the movie and like hang out and talk about it after. Like that would be really simple friend date, you know. That's it. Leah? Those are such good ideas. I would... I would just want to be able to like either time travel 
and have overlapped with him on that two-year trip he took after college. Oh, right. Oh, I've heard so him talk like about that. one of his that. travel buddies. Yeah. Like, that sounded, um, because traveling abroad at that time was so different, you you know, um, so time travel aside, uh, I think it would be really cool to, like, workshop a script with him. That's cool. Because he he does talk about how he so one of the things i think is is really insightful is when he talks about um i can't see the dvd from here like what what goes into a good heist movie and there's this one with um that for episodes many episodes in a row he kept saying well you know what a good movie is it's this and um i think his way of breaking down a plot and understanding what makes a good movie. I mean, that's what makes How Did This Get Made so good, is that they all understand story, character, and plot. And so I think if I ever had a project that was more than just a wisp of an idea, I think he would be a really good person to workshop a script with. That, that and is also, awesome. And that would be like and an ongoing... A, and I think that's such a poignant comment about about why that show works. I hope everyone who's listening to this, they know we talk about it often, but like, please go watch that show. I mean, please go listen to that podcast. It's the best. Okay. Wait, now, how oh, to sorry. be single. The name of the movie is how to be single. Okay. So I wasn't that far role. off. No, no, no. It's how to be single. <laughs> and he plays Alison Bree's love interest in it. Um, and he's not playing like the Manzukis dirt bag, like wild card. He's just like an eccentric, I think like school teacher or librarian or something like cute like that. that and he wears like a, like a cardigan. That's mm-hmm. not the one. Is that the one with Dakota Johnson? Yeah. And oh, um, I saw that movie on a plane. Wilson, yeah. I like that yeah, yeah. movie. It's a super cute. It's like surprisingly very, very cute. Um, like and he, yes. And so, and it's a, it's a small part, but he's so cute. It was, the, I think the only time or the first time I'd seen him in a role where he wasn't, that was where he wasn't like, playing someone that was like kind of disgusting as he's like brought in. He talks about how he's brought in to basically be like the ringer in a lot of these movies to like, just come in and do like that one, like really wacky, weird yeah. part. And in this one he is, but he's not playing someone gross. He's just playing someone sincere. Anyways, it's very cute. So I could also see that that's what makes me feel like I could really believe him as a, as a rom-com lead. And I do think where he, where like the character of Dr. Steve gets in Transparent, like towards the end of, mm. of Transparent, who he's like, becomes not a dirtbag, the character evolves and you get to see a little bit more of his. I haven't seen the last season. So, yeah. so that would motivate me to, is that happened in the last season? Cause that would motivate me to well, watch I think it a bit more. In the final musical, which is technically the last season, he's just in the last song. But the last season, that's oh normal my. episodes. It's a lot. Okay. But... Anyways, moving on. Uh, um... So on our podcast, we have bits. That's one of our recurring things. We don't have anything as brilliant as second opinions, but we do have our signature bit, which we wanted to play with you, Leah, which is called Buy, Rent, or Meh. And Buy, Rent, or Meh is the universal rating system for Friday Night Movie, but it's also a specific game where we give three choices to you. And we'll play two, but we don't always necessarily play every round. Otherwise, it takes forever. Uh, we'll, we'll give you three things. And you must assign each one to a buy, rent, or meh. Now, buy means, in the old school way of, like, <laughs> renting and owning movies, a movie you would have bought. Like, you would have bought the VHS. Okay. I need to not just tape it off HBO. I need to own this movie. 
a rent would be a renter. It could be a renter that you rent more than once, but a renter. And then a meh, meh can take on the the quality of however you decide to deliver that meh. So it can be the third worst, but it could also be the best, depending on how you use that meh. In rare cases, you can exchange meh for bleh. And uh, uh, that was a later <laughs> edition. And so we're going to play this first one with uh, uh, Jason Manzoukas is some of his classic side weirdos that aren't Rafi. Dennis Feinstein from Parks and Rec. Adrian Pimento from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Derek, uh, Mindy from The Middle Place's boyfriend. Uh, yeah, from The Good Place. So buy, rent, or may each one of those. Oh, Becky, do you want to take the first stab at this? I can go first. Okay. okay. So I am going to... Oh, it's a bit of a hard one. I'm going to... I don't have enough, like, I, I have too much of a fear gene in me to buy Adrian Pimento. I'm not ready for that much of a challenge. <laughs> so I'm going to have to buy Derek because he is the safest and he's magical. So he can create stuff for me. Then I'm going to rent Adrian Pimento because I think that could be like really fun, wild adventure, but I can't, um, but I can't, uh, I can't like commit to him because he's, he's still slightly terrifying. And I am maying Dennis Feinstein um, because I, I feel like, you know, he, he definitely has no moral compass and while hilarious um, is like legitimately dangerous to humans and the planet. Because of his products. Yeah, his products that like poison you. I I would buy Dennis Feinstein actually because I just loved the idea of a Manzukis appearance in one of my favorite shows of all time. And I really enjoy Tom Haverford trying to pitch his perfumes to Dennis Feinstein in that episode in the snake hole lounge. Like that just is to me still, (laughs) I still think is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'm going to rent Derek because I do like that. Derek is a sort of nice, he's weird, but he's a nicer character. He's almost like a desexualized Rafi. And I like that as a, as a, as a range thing. And I'm going to meh Adrian Pimento because while I love Brooklyn nine, nine, to me, Adrian Pimento always felt a little bit forced into Brooklyn Nine-Nine for obvious reasons. Who wouldn't want Manzukis in their show as a love interest for Stephanie Beatrice's character? But I, I just like, to me, Adrian Pimento kind of took me out of it. Even though I loved being in Manzukis verse in those moments, it, it seemed a little bit forced in. Okay, Leah, we've, we've stalled right. long enough for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so I think I am going to buy Adrian Pimento uh, yes, because I think right. Adrian. We all have different answers. We all have different answers. I think he is just the wildest of his dirt bags, um, <laughs> but still sometimes has like a sweet core. There's something sweet in there. Um, and I think was important to, um, what's Stephanie Beatrice's character's name? Flew Santiago. Out of... it, no, no, it, no, no. That's Amy, Amy Santiago. It's Rosa, uh, Rosa, Rosa. Rosa. Yeah. I think also where you look at him and her, their story arc and what it meant to her longer story arc. It's such a worthwhile character. I'm going to rent Derek, um, 
Because essentially that's what hitting the plunger does, right? It restarts them. So that's like a rental. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back better every time, slightly improved. Yes. And I got a meh, Dennis Feinstein. I'm, uh, I can just imagine it's, it's every person wearing terrible perfume that ever walked into a synagogue Oneg. And I, <laughs> I hold him personally responsible. <laughs> So I'm done. One of my one of my favorite Dennis <laughs> Feinstein um, uh, points of information is how he ch- he changed his name to that because he thought it sounded exotic, right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it is exotic in small town Indiana. Uh, all right, so real life Jasons, Jason on nailed it. Jason on how did this get made? Or the category Leah. Uh, entered which is sincere fan jason like on other other shows like Doughboys and bitch mode and, and things like that so which which wh- how do you assign values there Wait. uh go ahead sorry no 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 no. you go ahead i'm 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 just trying to look at the notes oh okay real life jason's all right got it okay so like like for me i'm i'm, I'm like so for me obviously how did this get made as my bo- uh i'm gonna buy nailed it because his nail like nailed it makes my kids so happy that like if i had to keep one i like own one it's gonna have to be nailed it how did this get made i love and and but like how did this get made i almost love too much because and and so like i i hoard the episodes and then now they start to expire so they're ones i haven't heard like the Frogtown one like yeah so uh so like so so i realized like but nailed it if he's on nailed it i'm gonna watch it every time and then uh, the fan mode, Jason, I really like, um, and and it's interesting because that's more or less how I want to spend my time with him if I met him. But in terms of consuming media, it's the one I do least of. So I'm going to go by on sincere fan, Jason, um, because he he like makes things happen by being a vocal and public fan of things. Right? It's how we got into John Wick was by publicly loving the John Wick series. It's um, and him guesting on something is often how I find a new podcast. So sincere fan Jason has brought a lot of media into my life and I'm grateful for that. So bye. Um, and then I will shoot. This game is hard because how did this get made? I, love nailed it i love but the, so nailed it is gonna get uh meh from me only because if this was about nicole buyer it would be bye oh, but she's amazing so i'm gonna give it a very qualified meh uh because i feel very uncomfortable well delivered meh this is see this is how you know you have a pro <laughs> podcast that and that's what we mean by meh you make yeah. the meh your own you own that meh um, it doesn't have to be a man of anger or disgust. Okay, right. I want to do a spin on this. When we say sincere fan Jason, there's a Jason element we have not discussed yet, which is his love, passion, and commitment to the Harry Potter series. Where I don't feel that way about Harry Potter, but every time he brings it up, Shia reminds me of you the way you talk about Star Wars. And, I, and it means so much to me, right? That he that he is so committed in his fanship to something else that it permeates 
essentially every conversation he has, there is yeah. a way for him to bring it back to Harry Potter. And, and I have enjoyed that he's also been willing to take J.K. Rowling down a few notches because oh, of yeah. her statements while still loving the Harry Potter universe. Because I do think that's, you know, when these universes become something of their own and you love them, like, you know... <laughs> Some right, exactly. Want the creators to stay quiet. <laughs> no, ex- and exactly, and I, and so I want to buy that Jason, which I'm essentially just making up and adding as a category. When we no, that's sincere fan, fan Jason. Jason. Sincere that's fan awesome. Jason, because that to me makes him like the most grounded, relatable um, fanship situation I have is knowing that he like. You know, the way that he loves Harry Potter, you could be a total stranger or the most famous person in the world. But if he zeroes in on the fact that you are willing to talk about it with him, he will go for like hours and talk about his obsession with it, which is kind of to tell exactly what you're like when it comes to Star Wars. So I really love that. So I'm buying that. Then I am. Oh, it's, it's a hard one. Um, but let's just get over, get over, get it over with quickly. How did this get made? Because I feel like I've had such a huge evolution through that. And I'm going to say rent because it's a new episode every week. I'm not committing to one thing. It's like new, 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 new. Um, and I, I meh, nailed it. You know, it's a cute one. But it's if I didn't get a chance to see it again, would I suffer? No. All right. We're going to do one last bit. This is a, a new bit that we created. It didn't have a name until... Chris Royce joined us with Stevie, and he gave us a name for it during his recommendation segment. It's called a comparathon, and this is where we're going to put Jason up against some. I just picked a random list of people, um, uh, um, but uh, uh, some leading men, right? These are folks who have. Uh, uh, Paul Shears, maybe not as much, but anyways, I'm going to put them up, and you're just going to get to pick who you who you pick. You can give a little bit of rational you know, rationale if you want to. But so let's start first. Ryan Gosling or Jason Manzukas? Jason Manzukas. Be- oh Becky? Jason, Jason Manzukas. For yeah. sure. That I'm that's an easy one for me. That's Ryan Gosling is just a generic yeah. good looking white man. I had to yeah. Google him to see which one he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. Okay. Mark Duplass, who is, you know, not just Pete on on the league, but you know, an auteur himself, um, Mark Duplass or Jason Mizzoukas. Are we talking about Duplass as an actor, or just Duplass, Duplass a... in general? I mean, you can you can pick any Duplass you want. I'm still gonna Overall. go Zooks, because yeah. And Leah, I'm I'm still gonna go Zooks. Uh, I think the Duplass brothers. It's been really interesting to watch their evolution, um, but I would. I'm pretty sure I know which one this is. So again, oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, I'm I'm still gonna go Zooks. All right. Okay. This is the one where so this is the one where my wife would fall off because she's gonna pick The Rock every time. <laughs> she loves The Rock. I gotta tell you, The Rock I or Manzoukas. Tell you, uh, The Rock. I might just. I'm gonna go The Rock. I mean, I love Zooks, but like, give me give me The Rock in a Jumanji film. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, but I feel like Manzugas would understand the need to for me to select The Rock, so that's okay. Leah? He would be on board with that. I think it would be really nice to cuddle The Rock. Like, he's just a mountain. <laughs> and I, in this COVID time where, like, I live alone, like, to think about, like, sitting on a couch 
next to The Rock, who I think is probably like a super touchy-feely dude, as even as a stranger. So I'm only going to go with The Rock because I think he would let me like lean on him without taking a COVID test. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll stick with Zooks, but what I now realize as having put this up, I really want to see a The Rock Zooks buddy comedy yes it can be a romantic comedy like it, it can be that romantic action comedy or it can just be a romantic comedy like like almost like a hitch type thing i don't know i just where I the love... rock plays manzoukis therapist yes yeah yes like the rock channeling his character more so from uh be cool right like uh do you remember the get shorty sequel where right where he plays the actor the sort of very sensitive oh yes i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about yeah uh-huh Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now this is the toughest one of all because this is Paul Shearer or Manzukis. I mean, part of the point of these games is to make your lives very difficult. Paul Shearer or Manzukis. In the context of just everything, or in the context yeah, of how? Uh, no. Uh, um, you know, it's so funny since I started listening to the mini episodes regularly, I've I've gotten more and more attached to Paul Shearer. Whereas I feel like just from how did this get made, it was would always be Zooks. So, but I'm going to stick with Zooks on this one. Leah? Um, I think that June is secretly very strong. Oh, and yeah. Would... I mean, secretly, she's... She's, she's very... She's ripped. And I... Oh, like physically oh, like, strong. Physically I think she's strong. physically strong. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And I would never want her to hate me. Uh, so... Oh, I would be terrified of crossing June. Yeah. June is someone you either want to be on her good side or not on her radar at all. She right. is tough as nails, that one. Yeah. But you'd want her on your side if there was a fight. Absolutely. So yeah. in order to respect June, I've got to go with Zooks. But I also want to recognize that, like I said earlier, without Paul Shear, when do we get to meet Zooks? So it is with deep respect to June, Diane, Raphael that I'm picking Zooks here. That is, that is fair. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Paul and I'm going to use that to segue into our Rex and shout outs because Paul's performance on black Monday is the type of role that like, that Jason's got to get. And like, yeah. so I love Zooks of course, but Paul is, is leveling up in terms of what he's been allowed to do as an actor. Mm -hmm. And you saw a glimpse of it actually in the moment in the disaster artist where he plays the director who won't, who won't accept the misbehavior of the, of the, that main character, the Weezoo. Tommy guy. Wiseau. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, Paul sure can really act cool. And, and, and Black Monday is that. So I want to see Zooks get his Black Monday moment. So I'm going to go with that. All right. And, and with that, we will uh, hit our Rex and shout outs. Leah, um, what are your recommendations and your shout outs? Leah, so sorry. My say. recommendations are the podcasts that keep me company right now. Like I said, I'm living alone. I need podcasts that make it feel like there are people in my house. Um, and so these are the podcasts that when there's a new episode, I'll listen to it first. So there's the Jackie and Lori show, which are two, it's on Max Fun. They're two women in their 50s, stand-up comics who have been on the road for 30 years. Wow. And it is um, and they talk about the industry and making comedy and trying to make comedy in COVID and um, the inequalities that women have faced in comedy and what they're seeing change for women coming up today that's different than what they faced. 
So I just admire them so much. I've seen them both do stand up live in Chicago. That's so awesome. the Jackie and Lori show is it's on Mondays and it is the first thing I listen to on a Monday morning. Oh, awesome. I mean, I will be adding that sure. right now. So good. Becky and I um, are now max fun <laughs> diamond contributors. Wow. Yeah. Separately too. Like we're not, it's not like one shared account. And yeah. <laughs> um, then I'm, I love Nicole Byer. So why won't you date me? Um, which is her dating podcast. But it's she has not said this, um, but she has not like she has not announced like I'm doing this thing. But since the Black Lives Matters protest started, she has not had a white guest. And it's been phenomenal because she said once in passing on a podcast, like I just don't, I just can't even talk to white people right now. And she has a different black or person of color guest on every week. And ostensibly, they're talking about dating, but the show has grown. And if you started at it at the beginning, Nicole's public evolution of what she shares about herself has been so phenomenal. And um, it's really, it is not a kid-friendly show, but it is, I have, I've listened to this show since week one, and I've listened every week. So why won't you date me? I love. And then I also love the Doughboys, <laughs> Nick Weiger, uh, Mike Mitchell. It's two guys with a comedy podcast about fast food uh, that Jason was a, a guest on, uh, and that's that how would I found be very them. enabling for me. I don't think oh. I, could, I don't think I could listen to it. Like I would just be like ordering fast food constantly if I. I yeah, it. it's a problem. Uh, Straight um, up, it's a problem. But those are my <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> those are awesome those are great. i subscribed to like everything but the doughboys and that's purely because of the enabling part uh as you were as you were talking uh beck what are what are you into so i just on your rack shy i just started upload um andy allo she is the future i i i like the woman who plays, plays nora. nora yeah oh she's awesome i have gone like the reason to watch deep and understanding her like she is a musician a writer a director an actor I, I watched her do like an instagram live conversation the other day she just seemed like that is on my list of pe famous people i want to be friends with um so i just started upload uh saw one app i thought it was really cute i'm gonna keep watching it we'll keep very it posted. Canadian. also um very yeah Canadian. and the where like the virtual reality space that it takes place in i guess this like fake heaven um i gotta tell you so far i'm like that does seem like my heaven like a beautiful <laughs> fancy resort lodge on a lake in the mountains i'm like that's my perfect weather vlad and i my husband and i have had lots of conversations about why that's my perfect exact temperature that i want to be at at all times so um, that does feel like heaven. Keep watching um, this show. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's going to get go off the rails. I'm sure it's going to go go off the rails. But F1, I'm like, I would have been convinced by that marketing. Just got to say to go there. Um, so, and I started watching a dad wreck, uh, Rake on Netflix. It's an Australian show. And what is amazing about the show is besides the fact that it's so well made, is like every episode there is a guest star who is a super, like every single famous Australian actor shows that like you're watching you're like oh my god that's that guy and then that's that guy and then you don't even know what these people are from but if you've ever seen an australian actor in anything they were on rake and it's oh. so satisfying our like, dad hugo loved... weaving is in the first episode and sam neill is in the first season and it's got like all of these great um wow. Ra rachel griffiths i think is her name she was the one that was on six feet under like 
every single Australian actor shows up on it. Anyways, it's super cool so far. Um, Australians bring it. And without repeating my Netflix unscripted reality documentary shows that I keep repeating every week, I started a new one. I started the wellness series. Let's just say people are cuckoo bananas. So if you want to take some satisfaction in seeing how crazy other people are, watch that show. But it's a little unsettling, so I don't know. Yeah, I um, do not like reality shows, but I like oh, big reality a, it's, shows. It's a documentary. It's like a I'm doing documentary in loose quotes. It's a documentary show. I like I like fake reality shows, as you know, and I and I'll probably have said this multiple times with all the episodes lately, but I just finished Bajillion Dollar Properties. I wish it could go on forever, but it was a very funny just, ending. Just start watching Selling Sunset. It does continue. You'll have three more seasons <laughs> if you watch Selling Sunset. And, and then I started Burning Love at the recommendation. Oh my God, I started Burning Love too. It is really It's funny. so funny. I like can only watch one episode at a time because it's too much. And every great person. June is in the first episode. Yes. And uh, every and every great Janet person. Janet Varney. And like it's got, and, it's and, got um, so many. Uh, Kristen Bell and Ugh. even a, a hilarious Jennifer Aniston Great. cameo. Shocking I mean, cameo. wow, that was hilarious. So I'm into, I'm into, I'm, I'm really enjoying fake reality. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Leah, host of Finding Favorites with Leah Jones. I feel like we kind of sneakily made your own Finding Favorites episode. You did here today, which I like. I, I honestly, I am genuine. Like this is the magic of your show. I feel so happy now having talked about favorites with someone, and 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 it's just like it's raised my uh, what is what's the endorphin? I don't know. The All endorphins, those things, yeah. I'm like happier. Some now. positive brain chemicals. So I hope I hope you got to feel the happiness of what your show does for people while we talked about one of your favorite things. Uh, it's uh, really nice to talk to people about Jason Manzukas where I don't have to say, well, do you watch this show? Do you watch this show? When I was talking to our rabbi emeritus of our synagogue, how I got him to understand who Jason Manzukas was was John Wick 3. Oh, like the I rabbi didn't... had seen John Wick 3, <laughs> but not The Good Place. Got it. Got the it. rabbi should watch so The funny. Good Place. So where can people follow you and follow this show? Um, I am on Twitter. I'm at Chicago Leah. And the show on Twitter is Finding Faves Pod. And uh, it's available, I think, everywhere you can get podcasts. Yeah, I've tried is. really hard to get it everywhere. It, it is, and it great. is awesome. That's great. Becky, where can people follow you? You can follow me at PaperBKPrincess on Twitter. And, that's, that's it. And, and you can follow me at on. Pancake and the number four table, Pancake4Table on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. Please rate and review us. Very important thing to our family is we are supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative as part of our solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Very important, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund has a whole section on voting rights, okay? People have been very concerned about the vote in November and the post office and people's access to voting. Guess what? This isn't the first time access to voting has been prevented by nefarious forces in our country. So checking out the NAACP's uh, uh, work on voting rights is really worthwhile. And if you think it is really, really worthwhile and you'd like to make a donation, you'd be in good company because it's something we are doing on a regular basis. And uh, last but not least, 
Our theme music will kick in. It is by What Does It Eat, a small little duo from Montreal, who is not really from Montreal anymore. That's myself and Howie. And we have a new record out on, that is on Spotify and iTunes and all the fun places. It is called Sidecar, a song cycle tribute to 1980s and 90s TV characters. And that is, in fact, what it is. 16 minutes with various musical motifs talking about characters that you'll really have to dig deep into IMDb to listen to. And with that, we always do a little dance in our seat at the end of the show. And we wish you... Wonderful day, and thank you, Leah, for being with us. Bye. Bye.